calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Combat Cast with the man called Dave and Chevy. And a little new format. We're going to start previewing what's coming up on future episodes as well. And we'll hit you with that at the end of the episode as well. Chevy, why don't you take it away? What do we got coming up? All right, thanks. The man they call Dave. On the Worker Fans Combat Cast, we got UFC Fight Night 195, Home vs. Dumont, a preview on October 16th. Then on October 23rd, we're going to preview UFC Fight Night 196, which will be Costa vs. Vittori. Very excited for that one. And then we're going to round out this month on October 30th with a preview of UFC 267, which is Blackwoods versus Glover Teixeira. That's what we got coming up this month. Also, Jan and Sanhagen has been added to that too, right? Yes, that one's going to be in there too. Yeah, very excited for that. That's just totally sideways, but Jan versus Sanhagen is like, I don't know. I think I'm more excited about that fight now. (laughs) They always put the heavier fights, you know, on the top of the card. Yeah. It's not who's... We're most excited to see. Oh, I don't even. Yeah. Excited for that oh, one too. I, I meant like even more than Aljamain and Jan. I was saying. That's oh, what I was for saying. sure. Yeah, because I mean, no, I definitely. We kind of like, saw how that fight was playing out. I feel like. Yeah, I think Sanding. I just saw a thing. Yeah, a thing where he said that he thinks a lot of people believe like he does that Jan's the rightful champion. You know, in terms of skill right now, and that if he beats him that you know he's going to be the man. And I agree. I think that's a thousand percent accurate. Yeah, we, we've talked about interim belts on here before and how they kind of get tossed around a lot. I think this is a perfect example of when an, a, an interim belt is warranted. Absolutely. And, you know, and, I, and by the way, too, just real quick on that last that last thing, too. Like, I understand what German, Alderman Stern is saying, too. Like, he's like, it's not his fault this situation is happening. Right. right. Like, he just, you know, Jan fucked up. <laughs> he broke the rules. Yeah. And so that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think Aljo pulled out because he's scared or anything like that. You no. know, wants to hold on to the belt as long as possible. You know, he has a neck injury. If you're fighting yeah. someone like Gunn, you want to be as close to 100% as you can. So, thousand percent. I think he loves trolling the people, don't you? Having fun with it. And 
that makes me like him even more. So right. but still before we get into uh, UFC 194, let's just talk a little bit about 193 this weekend. I didn't actually get a chance to watch this card, so I'll just talk to you a little bit. A couple things, you know, like that I thought it was noteworthy from what I, you know, gathered, and you can tell me if I'm missing anything here. But, you know, obviously Tiago Santos got the win over Johnny Walker. Doesn't sound like it was fireworks, you know, kind of a point fight. Holland and Kevin Holland and Kyle Dukakis ended up clashing head, so it turned into a no contest. Yeah. And Nico Price defeated Brazilian Cowboy by decision. Christoph Chaco uh, defeated Misha Shirkov. That was a split decision. And Alex Hernandez, who we haven't been hearing too much from, but, you know, a guy who was really coming up at one point there. I saw he KO'd a guy named Mike Breeden. And that was in the first round. And that was at a catch weight. So I'm guessing someone didn't make weight for that fight. Yeah, Hernandez, like, clipped him early and then, you know, just finished him. Got aggressive and finished him, yeah. That, that was about the most exciting thing other than the incidental headbutt or accidental he- headbutt. That was probably the highlight of the night, unfortunately. Made me think of, so they, they called the fight a no contest. Mm-hmm. Originally, Dan Mergliato, who was the ref inside the cage, wanted to... So what had what happened was accidental headbutt. Yeah. Instantly knocks Holland out. Holland unconscious, who recovers as soon as he hits the ground. Um, and that's why Dan didn't stop the fight because he seemed like he had recovered, but he wasn't all the way recovered. He ended up, you know, standing up and getting choked out. But he called for a replay when the clash of heads happened. So and Dan wanted to call it, you know a submission victory for Dukakis, which would have been fine because he did tap him out. But Herb Dean and the commission had talked to him after watching the review and had convinced him that a no contest was warranted, which, yeah, it obviously changed the course of the fight from the headbutt. You know, it could have turned out completely different from that. It just makes me think back to a fight between uh, someone we were just talking about, Glover. Or, I'm sorry, not Glover. It was Gustafson, Rumble Johnson. Headbutt, yeah. Yeah, so so Rumble accidentally headbutted Gustafson. This was, like, in Sweden. You know, big thing for Gustafson. Early on in the fight, accidentally headbutted him and then finished him on the ground. And there was no review or anything like that. It just made me think of that, so... I'm yeah. glad that Holland didn't get screwed like Gustafson did. Yeah, and that was possibly a turning point in Gustafson's career. Like, he never really seemed to pick up the momentum after that. Yeah. So, um, uh, they did make that fight again. So, yes. we're, we're going to see that in November. They're going to run it back. So, not just throw this. I like to do this after these fight nights sometimes. Just, I didn't go through this with everybody. I just did this for two fights since obviously the Holland and Caucus fights already happening. And I think Santos was calling somebody out already and Smith, but. I, I still like Santos versus Anthony Smith as a potential fight. I think I've mentioned that before. But I'll throw something a little different at us here. I decided Nico Price got the win over a Brazilian Cowboy. I like that matchup when it was first made. And I think in that nature, this guy I like as a potential opponent would be in the top 15. Also fireworks. Santiago Ponsnibio. And I think a fight with him and Price could be fun maybe in the future. Yeah, that, that's a good shout. Uh, I forget that he's even around because he took so much time off. I think mm-hmm. he's had one fight in the last like few years. Obviously, COVID doesn't help. Yeah. Um, that that is a good fight, though. I'd, I'd like to see it. There'd be fireworks. I think you know, yeah. and and I think the fact that he hasn't been so active and Price has, 
I mean, because I, I would normally favor Ponce Nibio, but that might, you know, that might make him a little closer right now. We'll see, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. activity is the way to go, as we know. So when we get into 194, preview this a little bit. Let's look at the main cards. I don't know much about this opener. I know Duran Wynn. Obviously, he's a protege of Daniel Cormier. He's fighting a guy named Phil Halls. And Phil is coming off a win over Kyle Dukakis, actually, a decision. <laughs> and he's 3-0 in the UFC. First one was a KO, and the other two have been by decisions, the majority, and then that last one over Kyle Bayamas. What do you think is going to happen here? Phil, can't, he knocked somebody out in the Contender Series. That's where I first yeah. saw him, and he looked explosive. And since he's got to the UFC, the caliber of opponent is quite a bit higher, I think. So mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to get those finishes. Duran Wynn is a wrestler and a grinder, and he also <laughs> only gets really decisions. So right. I see him probably just clinching him against the cage and a boring five-round decision for Wynn. It is possible that Hawes catches him because he's very powerful and fast so if he catches win i think he can knock him out but i think it'll be a boring decision for win yeah i mean when just he's, he does have a victory in his last fight he had two losses prior to that and before that it was like i think one of his first fights in UFC was eric spicely and they had like an awesome fight at night fight wins a he's a big guy but he's not very tall so he's similar to dc he got that cormier build yeah he's a mini dc now, I know pretty much everybody else on this main card, except for this next fight. Women's flyweight, Sabrina Mezo and Mariah Agapova, I believe her name is. I'm not, not too familiar with these ladies. So, Sabrina's coming off a loss to Alexa Davis. Uh, she is 3-2 and two in the UFC. So, we'll see how she does. And her opponent, Mariah. They both have Wikipedia pages. So that's, that's a good sign. This is going to be her third fight in the UFC. She's 1-1. One one. She lost her last one. She choked the girl out for the win, and she got TKO'd. So before that, all Victor. So. I think this is a pick em fight, and we could see another close decision fight, probably. And then we got a tournament I'm not too familiar with, Mathal Nicole versus Tim Elliott. That's going to be a flyweight fight. Do you know much about Math- Mathethus? Matthias, I think. Matthias. No, I'm not super familiar with him. I do know Tim Elliott, though. So yeah. I think that Matthias... Uh, He's got a split decision win so far in the UFC. That was his only fight. This is his second fight in the UFC. Right. Oh, I, I, he was prior in the UFC, though. He got cut at one point, it looks like. He no, lost I think in that big flyweight cut that they did with everyone, was yeah, it right. around that time? I do think that the UFC is banking on him being a prospect, and I think that Tim Elliott is a big enough name that they're right. trying to build some momentum off of him. So uh, the UFC, I think, wants Matthias to win. Um, I'm going to go with the vet with uh, Tim Elliott. Tim, Tim's always been a guy to me. It's just he's uh, inconsistent in his career. A lot of it sometimes to be it's his style. It's very exciting for fight fans. He's willing to put himself in different difficult positions. He never wants to be a boring fighter. He always brings it. But at that same token, he kind of lives by that sword and dies by that sword sometimes because sometimes he gets caught. He gets choked out, or sometimes, you know, he ends up winning in these mad scrambles. Right. He was given uh, DJ all he could handle at one point in his career, you know? He's, I think, had two different stretches of three losses in a row, though. So, like you said, consistency is his problem. Then we got Jared Gooden versus Randy Brown. 
I know about Randy Brown. He's coming off of one of a Brazilian cowboy. That was April, and he had rear naked choke. He had a loss to Vicente Luque before that, where he got caught, but I think it was actually a competitive fight. And he's you know, he's a finisher. He's got a triangle choke victory, TKO victory here. He did get caught on the bottom to Nico Price that one time. I always remember that. Yeah. And Jared Gooden, if memory serves me right, has also got some finishes. Yeah, he just finished his last fight. He had two losses before that. Before that, though, he was before he was in the UFC, he had TKO, submission, submission. So looks to be a potential fireworks here. I'm going to go with Randy Brown. He got a little more to UFC experience out of the two. I'm also going to go with Randy. He's very well-rounded also, and I think he could go the distance if the fight needs to go the distance. He can do it wherever the fight goes. So I'm going to pick him for a either late finish because Gooden gets tired or a decision for Randy Brown. And then we got the main event, uh, Marina Rodriguez, who's coming off a decision win over the Karate Hottie. Uh, before that, she had TKO'd Amanda Rebus. She had a split decision loss. Carl Esperanza, a majority draw. Which tend to give Just looking at these names here, she's beaten Tisa Torres, Jessica Ugger. She's fought a lot of great competition. And yeah, she flies she, under the radar for sure. She does, but she's definitely, you know, been there. McCurdy Duran, obviously one of the most decorated ground fighters, you know, ever. You know, only one loss to Ribas. So, but I think she's constantly improving. She's won four in a row since then. Every time I see her, though, that striking game, it's getting better, but it's still it's still a little reckless because she knows that, you know, if it goes to the ground, that's where the money is, right? I feel like this is a close fight because, like, the fact Marina Rodriguez was able to beat the karate hottie, that's a lot. Like, I yeah. don't know if I would have picked her against the karate hottie. I, I wouldn't, actually. I know I wouldn't. So, I like Dern. I think she's a great prospect. This is, I, she, she could, I, we haven't seen her, you know, I and mean, she's getting better every time. This could be the time she shines. And the UFC loves to put her in that, in that moment. But, man, I am, I don't know. This is tough. I might, something in my heart, though, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Dern. I think she maybe gets a submission here. What do you think? I think that, if this fight goes to the ground, Mackenzie Dern wins easily and quickly. Yeah. With that being said, uh, Mackenzie has fallen. In, actually, since her the beginning of her fighting career in the UFC, anyway, she loves to stand up. You mm-hmm. know, no matter if her stand-up skills are rusty or I wouldn't say rusty, but underdeveloped possibly. She has had vast improvement. But on the feet, I definitely favor Rodriguez. So if the fight stays on the feet and Dern doesn't go for takedowns or get her down in some sort of scramble, I think she's going to get finished. Mm. I mean, Dern is coming off a win over Nina Nunes, formerly Nina Asinoff, who has wins over Claudia Goodell. Yeah, big wins. But also, in fairness, Nina also had, had a baby not too long, I think. That, that might have been her first fight back, too. So... Maybe I'm putting a little too much stock in that. She had been out for a while, yeah. Yeah, so I might be putting a little too I'm looking at that win, and I'm remembering maybe I'm putting a little too much stock into that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, all right. You kind of sold me. I think I'm going to go with Rodriguez. <laughs> but decision. I think this will go to distance. I, I think that people will know her name after this because Dern is a big name. Um, so whether she gets the win or not, I think she just, she's going to show her skills and people – will recognize her going forward. Now, one other thing I want to uh, talk about, uh, I was going to talk a little boxing here at the end here, but uh, 
Aspen Lad, uh, she missed weight, yeah. obviously, for the prior event. Yep, I meant to touch on that. I want to touch on that a little bit because I don't know, like, like she owned it. So good on her for that. She made no excuses about it. And then Misha Tate took her to task for saying she was trying to cheat by holding the curtain, which you know, she might have been trying to hold herself up because she fell right after that. And she didn't take the bait, and she actually praised Misha Tate, too. So on one hand, I really like the way she handled this. But it does keep happening, right? So where do we fall in this? Yeah. Uh, so I watched the video. I didn't see where she was cheating. She said she couldn't put her arms up. So they have the curtain around her, and she has to put her hands above the curtain to show that she's not holding on. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, she was so, you know, her her condition was so bad that she she could only lift one arm. So she couldn't lift the other one up, she was saying. Now, I didn't see any pinches in the curtain where she would be holding on, but you can't see all the way around or whatever. She missed weight regardless. This has happened a few times, and she's had bad weight cuts where she's made it. She she blamed this this one on her menstrual cycle, which obviously I have no idea or comment on. Sure. Is, so. Same. Yeah. Um, I can't fault her for that. If she says that's what it is, and that's what it is. Um, with that being said, I know plenty of fighters have made weight when they've had that issue before. So it yeah. might just be that weight cutting is hard for her. So mm -hmm. hopefully she can get it sorted out. Maybe she needs a new nutritionist or a new team member or something to help her. I know she's taking responsibility, but it keeps happening at this point. The UFC is going to be upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's my point is this it um you know, she seems like a good person. She takes blame for this at one hand, but it obviously seems to definitely be a problem. Like there seems there's going to have to be some kind of change, mm -hmm. maybe in her camp or something or a weight class. So yeah, I wish Aspen Lad best of luck. A lot of potential there. I hope she gets that under control. Now, you know, we'll talk a little boxing here. Wilder versus Fury 3 this weekend. Man, I'll tell you, I'm excited for this fight the more we're getting closer to it because... Like, okay, the first one, I think we talked about this a little before, like, uh, okay, Wilder's going to knock Fury out. He hasn't been active as a two. Wilder's got that power. He's laying everybody out. Nope. Fury puts on a clinic, but he gets caught twice, and so it ends up being a draw. No problem with that. A lot of people thought Fury won that one, but since that one knockdown he had, Fury was literally knocked out. I never had a huge issue with the draw. Hats for Fury for coming back to life, though. And then we go to the like rematch. The Undertaker. Yes. And then we go to the rematch. Fury puts it on him. Fury puts it on him. Hurts him early. Out. Just big brothers him with his size. Leaning on him in a clinch. Bust open his ear. And then finishes him. Now, as we get closer to this fight, Wilder's had a lot more time to prepare. Which is great, because this originally was going to be like a couple months right after. Mm -hmm. and I thought that was a bad idea, and Wilder was blaming his corner and fired one of his, you know, corner men. And I know Wilder's still making some excuses, but what was interesting to note, I think <clears throat> it was on Hawani Fury's been very uh, open about some of his, you know, mental health struggles that he has, and you know, good on him for facing that and everything. But I, I kind of wonder too, though, like, you know, for somebody else, I guess I would be like, you know, is that a problem going into this fight? Is that like a tell? Like he's kind of telling us almost like this is a, an excuse like if i don't win like maybe there's something going on in his camp but fury's always also kind of been that guy who's just like so brutally honest that i just think it probably is what it is you know 
Yeah, Wilder also made some changes in his camp. I don't think he just fired that guy. I think he actually made some changes in his camp. He always has that, you know, that as Freddie Roach said, the eraser. Right. He did put Fury down those two times. Fury has said he's had some issues. I wonder if he's having a hard time getting up for this fight. He didn't want this fight. Right. Uh, originally, he wanted to fight AJ, who fucked it up. So, I mean, it always comes down to this. If we see the best Fury, he should right. win. Yes. Will we see the best Fury? Uh, you know, if we see the best Deontay and Fury doesn't bring everything he's got, he's going to get knocked out. So right. um, that'll, you know, put another wrench in this three-man, supposed three-man race we have. So I'm excited for the fight. I am too. Uh, you know, I have a little internet problems here, guys. But yeah, I just think that uh, there's a potential for an upset here. Like I feel it in my bone that, you know, these are, these are the tells. We'll know a little more as we get closer to the weekend and we see the weigh-ins and stuff. But, but boy, you know, based on the last two performances, it is hard to go against Tyson Fury. But you make an excellent point, though. Is he, if he's not excited about this and he's dragging ass because he's already felt like he's beat this guy twice, that could be a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so, but man, I'll tell you, boxing does it good, folks. Like, you know, for those who like dislike the UFC and maybe MMA and you don't follow boxing much, there, there is something special about the heavyweight championship. Like, when it's done right and you got a fierce knockout competitor and you got a great couple personalities, larger than life and Fury is definitely that guy's oh, yeah. treasure. Then, yeah, like this should be a fun show. I'm thinking about getting it this weekend, by the way. We'll talk about that off air. <laughs> so I think I might have us over for that. That should be a fun show. And yeah, and we'll see what this means. But I made the vision afterwards. I'm going to touch on one other thing, too, that we might talk about next week a little bit. I know Bellator's got their Grand Prix right now for the light heavyweight coming up. And I know one of the fights, I think it's next week too, I know the champion's fighting as well, but in the other round, in the semifinals, it's Ryan Bader versus Corey Anderson. And I'm kind of excited about that fight because Bader has had, you know, luck at heavyweight in Bellator and light heavyweight, and he's really had a really rejuvenated career for the most part at Bellator. And Corey was really doing well before he got caught by Jen and then just ended up leaving UFC. What do you think is going to happen there? He's he's on a bit of a resurgence in his career as well in the UFC before he left. Right. That is an excellent matchup. That's a fight I'd like to see too. My initial reaction is, oh, Bader's going to smoke him. You know, hmm. he's just going to wrestle him. But Corey's looked great and he's good hmm. everywhere. So, yeah, you know, they might might be a boring grappling match, but if their wrestling nullifies one another, you might see uh, a good stand-up fight. Core's a guy that has tremendous work ethic. Like, he won the Ultimate Fighter early in his career, and he only had, like, I think, like, four or five fights. And, you know, he was getting, like, the best of the best thrown at him. And he continually just got better and better and one thing I remember about him, like when he was on Joe Rogan at one time, I'm just listening to him, is the guy's got tremendous work ethic and mm -hmm. he just continues to outwork people. Yeah, I'm going to end up, I think Corey might pull it off. So uh, I'm hoping for the guy. I always liked him. So on that note, anything else we want to touch base on? I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah, I just want to plug my Twitch. Oh, yeah. uh, if, uh, if anyone's looking to watch me play any video games poorly, it's Chevroni <laughs> on Twitch. So I'm going to hang out. 
And uh, we should probably let them know that schedule one more time, too. That's right. So, that's right. On the Working Fans Combat cast, coming up the rest of the month, we have UFC Fight Night 195, Home versus Dumont, a preview on October 16th. And then on October 23rd, the following Saturday, we're going to have a preview for UFC Fight Night 196, which is Costa versus Vittori. Super exciting. And then we'll round out the month on October 30th with a preview of UFC 267, Jan Blakovich versus Glover Teixeira. All right. Sounds good, folks. As always, thanks for tuning into the Combat Cast. We're out. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 